Today's message was recorded live at the Middletown Seventh-day Adventist Church of Louisville, Kentucky, a safe environment where people relationships become kingdom relationships. Find us online at www.friendlychurch.com. I know uh, Rose already introduced Joey. I'm Pastor Marius, and uh, I'm the pastor here, and I normally speak. Today we have a guest speaker who, who is not a guest to many of us. Uh, you are familiar with him, but for those of you who are watching online, and you may not be familiar with uh, um, Joey Carr, is an elder, which means he is a spiritual leader in our congregation here at the Middletown Seventh-day Adventist Church. He is our youth director and Pathfinder Club director. So he, during this pandemic, he and his wife actually kept them active every Sabbath afternoon. So I'm really grateful to have him today here to share the Word of God with us. So at this time, we turn our time to Joey Carr. It's just the epitome of what I feel about those things, but I understand. I understand. So, happy Sabbath to you all. It's great to see you all. It's great to be here. The pastor was talking about being a youth director and pathfinder director. It was probably almost a whole year ago that I stood in front of our Pathfinders for the last time before everything just went awry. It was really close because then we had a, a, a youth trip and then some other stuff and then, well, you all know the rest of it. <laughs> so what we're going to look at is hopefully something that you guys have seen before, but hopefully maybe kind of you can look inside my head as to how I see it and how God spoke to me about this particular topic, and hopefully it kind of opens some eyes, and hopefully um, you you learn something today, hopefully your hearts are open to what Christ has for you today, Um, and you're not thinking about lunch or something else, Um, but you know, I know it's been an interesting time, I know I've grown as a person, I'll just throw that out there right now so you all can see it. you know, when, when, when Jesus says, man should not live by bread alone, unfortunately, I kind of took that to heart. I got to fix that. But Jesus says, you know, we need to come to him for that bread, that his word, and that's what we're going to kind of look at today, is to kind of get into his word and see a story that he was part of and he talked about, and ultimately looking at how we are moving away or we need, well, we're moving away from Jesus' feet. We need to move back there. So, if you will, turn with me to Luke 10. Luke 10. And as I always tell the youth, you, Luke 10 is right before Luke, or right after Luke 9. So, so Luke 10. And we're going to start with verse 38. Luke 10 and verse 38. It says, Jesus and his disciples were on their way. So they had just been out preaching and teaching, and he was on his way. 
to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. She had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. She came to him and asked, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to do all the work myself? Tell her to help me. Martha, Martha. It's almost like a parent saying the full name of a child. The Lord answered, you are worried and upset about many things. But few things are needed, or indeed, only one. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken from her. I'm sure you've all heard this story, and typically the light is always shined on. She's not doing what she needs to be doing. She needs to be at the foot of Jesus. But as I studied this and read through it, the Lord kind of opened a little bit more that I've never seen before. Because we always look at how Martha was always worried about the work, where Mary was at the feet of Jesus. But if you, if you, if you kind of, as we start looking through it, remember they had just, he had just talked about the parable of the Good Samaritan. Before that, he sent out the 72. They went out casting out demons and devils and were excited that they saw that power come through him through them. And then they talked about the Good Samaritan, how the two religious leaders kind of walked and went on the other side of the road and just left that poor person because he wasn't one of them or he wasn't like them. And then the Good Samaritan stepped in, showed hospitality, took care of him, put him up, gave him what he needed to heal, and left. So, so that's the storyline as we're going through, and now we're at that house. If you look at it, it says they were going on their way, and he came to a village. And it says that Martha opened her home to him. Jesus wouldn't have been there if Martha didn't open her home. What does Jesus say in Revelation? I stand at the door and knock. So have you let Jesus in? Have you allowed Jesus to come into your home? Martha did. So that's a positive for her. Plus, if you, Martha had the means to take care of Jesus and his disciples. She was busy getting ready for food and things like that to take care of him, to nourish his physical body that needed it. And they, it seemed, obviously, he didn't call ahead. He didn't schedule it. They just showed up. Now, I'm not going to take a show of hands, but I know. If people just show up at your house, guys, we're like, sure, come on in, let's hang out. But we know, on the other hand, <laughs> there's a little bit deeper thing about cleaning and having the right food and what we need here and what we need here. There's, there's a stress level that rises, right, that if someone just shows up. Obviously, now, we don't really have to worry about that because no one just shows up anywhere, really. <laughs> but, and, you know, I always joke with our friends, if you want to see my house, make an appointment. If you want to see me, just show up. 
Again, I have a Y chromosome, so I can think like that. I feel that way. But ladies, I know that's not always the case. So I know. I'm learning. But that's what I tell people is like, if I wanted to see your house, yes, I'll tell you so you can clean it up. You can get it ready for me. But if you want me just to come over and hang out, I don't care. I'm here for you. Not... Plus the fact that I do have multiple children too. So I get it. The houses are lived in. They're not just museums that people can go and walk through and leave. So, but Martha opened her house and she was in the, in the room busy doing the work that was needed, right? So when she comes to Jesus and says, don't you care? Jesus replies, you're upset about many things. Really, there's only a few things. In fact, there's only one thing you need to really worry about. But did he say what you're doing is wrong? He never said that. We need workers to do what we need, right? A church doesn't function with a pastor alone, right? We could not do what we do right now. And if you look at it, this has given not only our church, but every church in the world the ability to preach the gospel to the entire world at once. So God has said, okay, this is negative. Let me use it for a positive. But the problem is it wasn't that she was doing wrong stuff and Jesus says, you're doing wrong, stop it. The problem is she compared herself to Mary. Lord, don't you care? She is being lazy. I'm in there busting it, cleaning, getting food ready. And you don't care? She's just sitting there? Come on now. She was comparing herself to her. In her, she was being selfish instead of being, having a servant heart. She should be thankful that she, they have the ability that her sister has the time to sit at Jesus' feet and recognize it. And maybe Mary needed that right then and there. But Martha was trying to distract that. She was trying to take that perfect moment where Mary was at Jesus' feet. She was trying to take that from her. But if you look at it, Martha went to Jesus, who, creator of the universe, right there in her house, and had a relationship with Jesus that she felt she could be open and honest with him. Because I know sometimes we, we think that God doesn't want to hear our real selves, our heart, what we're struggling with, what we're going through. Sometimes we think that, oh, if I complain about this, God's not going to think I'm faithful. But God knows our heart. God knows what we're going through. God went through all of it too, even worse than we can think of. You know, if I get caught off in traffic or what have you, or worrying about a bill, Jesus died on the cross. What do I have to compare it to? All right, I've never had nails shoved through my wrist and nailed to a ruggedy old tree after they whipped my back. But Jesus did that for me. And I've always said, if Jesus is going to die on the cross for me, why can't I live for him? Why can't I be an excellent Christian for him? He didn't die for me, their 
But she had a close enough relationship to have that open and honest. But my friends, we need to get back to the point where we're sitting at Jesus' feet like Mary. I feel the world as a whole has gotten away from that. Because if we were sitting at Jesus' feet, learning from him, giving that wisdom, feeling that love and that peace, we would not go out and hate our brother or our sister just because they look different than me. If I was at Jesus' feet, my eyes would be open to see how Jesus sees everybody. That I need to do a better job. I need to be the leader in my household. I need to be who I've been called to be. But I can't have that connection with Christ unless I'm sitting at his feet. Because so much time we get up and we're like, okay, slowly but surely I'm moving into the kitchen with Martha. And that's the thing we have to realize that Satan will use anything. Evil can be in anything, including church service. If I say I'm the youth director and I get all proud and that's what I love to do and I'm always shining and always talking about it and being bold and arrogant about it, am I really doing God's will? No, I'm doing my will. Because if I'm not sitting at Jesus' feet and listening to him, who am I listening to? Who is in my head? Who is in my ear? Is it man? Is it the world? Is it Satan? Because Jesus says, you can only serve one master. I can only have one voice in my head at a time. I know sometimes I feel like I have multiple voices in my head. But we have to be sitting there at Jesus' feet. So anything, church service, anything, anything that we see that can be used for good can be changed to evil or manipulated for evil. So we need to put down our pride in ourselves and what I can accomplish. We need to put down our trust in man and get back to those feet of Jesus and stop worrying. The work needs to be done, yes, but let's not worry about it. Let's not force ourselves to be selfish when we see someone else either being blessed more than us Or not having to do as hard of work as us. We need to think and, and see things through Christ's eyes. We need to get back to his feet. Listening to him so he can show us the way. We need to stop moving towards the kitchen and relying on ourselves. So for those of you who may not know, this last year we took up the hobby of looking at houses. We looked at a whole bunch of houses last year. It was like, hey, it's a thing to do, you know. Usually no one was home, so we could walk there. But, but every house that we went to, and we prayed, we said, Lord, we want to, you to show us the house we want or that you want for us. We gave specifics. Don't be scared to give God specifics. He's not scared. He's not scared. We said, Lord, we need this, this. You know, we need land so the kids can play, so we can have maybe some animals. 
and just some time and maybe enough land that we can have a bunch of youth over and have events and gatherings for the youth and pathfinders. We want a port so we can, you know, sit on it. One of my favorite things to do is when a rainstorm or thunderstorm's coming and sit on the porch and watch it. We haven't had a porch in about 10 years, so I'm happy. <laughs> but so we prayed all these specifics and we said, Lord, we also want when we walk into the house, the house. We want to feel it. We want to feel that presence that we are home. And we looked at, again, we looked at tons of houses. Some houses were too small. They had nice land, but too small. Some houses, the house was right, but the land was a postage stamp. And we just looked at all these, and one we found had nice land, nice house, but it just felt weird in there. And it was like, I couldn't explain it. And Steph's like, well, if it feels weird, let's go. So then we found the house. We walked in, and we felt. But do you know what we did? We said, you know, through the whole example of it, they, you know, talking to the realtor and everything else, they said, hey, they're going to let you give the first offer. There's someone else that wants to offer it, but we're going to give you the first offer. What do you want to do? And we're like, well, maybe we should pray about it. And then it hit me. God's like, really? Like, I'm okay with that, but are you trying to be Gideon again? Like, you prayed for all this, and I gave it to you. And now you're questioning it? So we said, okay, Lord. You know, our bad. So we put the offer in. They accepted it. And then I became Martha. Martha. Because I'm in sales. So me, it's a, it's a, what can I do to get it done? Who do I need to call? What paperwork do you need? I probably drove our mortgage guy batty. There's a few times he called me and said, are you okay? Like, are you good? Are you stressing out? I'm like, no, I'm good. This is just who I am. So, hey, who do I need to call? Okay, I need to call my insurance company. Who do I need to call? Okay, I need to call this person. What paperwork do you need? I ran right over to the bank. Hey, I need this paperwork. But then it came to a point where I could do nothing. It was literally in the hands of like the underwriter and all that process. It drove me absolutely crazy. Because I could do nothing. At that point, I had to realize to myself that I need to walk out of the kitchen and go to Jesus' feet and say, Lord, you gave us to us. It's on you. I know you're going to work it out. And there was a whole lot of stuff with titles and back taxes and everything. But by that time, luckily, God's like, peace be still. And I said, Lord, it's yours. Not to mention that the closing was rescheduled like four or five times. But whatever. (laughs) But it's because I got so enamored with the work that I forgot who allowed me to do the work. Because Martha, Ellen White says, Martha, the one thing that Martha needed was a calm, devotional spirit. A deeper anxiety for knowledge concerning the future, immortal life, and the graces necessary for spiritual advancement. She needed less anxiety for the things which pass away and more for those things that which endure forever. Jesus would teach his children to seize every opportunity of gaining that knowledge which makes them wise unto salvation. 
The cause of Christ needs careful, energetic workers. There is a wide field for the Marthas with their zeal and active religious work. But let them first sit with Mary at the feet of Jesus. Let diligence, promptness, and energy be sanctified by the grace of Christ. Then the life will be unconquerable power for good. So we need to get back to the feet of Jesus. We need that peace. We need that get away from the anxiety. Because I can tell you without a doubt, man is not going to save man. If we put our hope and trust in a person, they're going to fail us. And it doesn't matter what side of the aisle they are on, only Jesus is going to save us. Because if you look at history, it seems like each side of that political aisle takes turn being the bad person. And it's crazy when you look at history. And when we talked about evil things in like church can drag you away, pull your heart away. If you look at some of the amendments, there is clauses and stuff there that have been put there so evil people can use it for their advantage. Both sides have used it for their advantage. One in particular, if you look at the 13th Amendment, which is one that abolished slavery, except if they're a criminal. So if I make them a criminal, I can enslave them. So evil can be in anything. We need to make sure we're sitting at the feet of Jesus because we, as Christians, need to be leading by example, not standing shouting from the side. We need to be like Martha, who opens her home, who shows that hospitality, who gives. But we also need to be like Mary, sitting at the feet of Jesus with a heart for our other people. We need not be like those religious leaders who walk on down the street and not say a word and think, oh, I don't have time. I'm busy, I'm busy, I'm way too busy. We need to be like that good Samaritan that just gives. Because I don't think we can outgive God. I don't think God put us on this earth with a finite amount of his love and his grace just for us. We need to spread it. We need to send it out. But we need to be those beacons of hope. When they look at us, do they see us or do they see Christ? And Jesus says, they'll know, they'll know you by your fruits. And not just the good fruits towards people like us or who go to the same church as us. Or who believe in Jesus like us. There's what, six, seven billion people on this earth? I can guarantee you, none of them are like me. But I need to love them like Jesus loves them. And the only time I can do that is getting back to the feet of Jesus. If I don't do that, I don't want to hear what Jesus will say to me at the end of time. Because Jesus says, 
you need to come to me. Yes, the service is needed, but it can't consume you. You can't have your pride consume you and to not have that relationship with Christ. The busyness of this world, work, career, all that stuff is important because without it, I can't provide food for my kids. But I, I can't put that in front of Jesus. If I do that, I'll be like that religious leader just walked on by. That one day he's going to have to answer for his inaction or his action. So when we find ourselves in that kitchen with Martha, busy, and all the stuff that's going on that we need to take care of, and we forget about Jesus, we need to realize that, run out of that kitchen, and drop to his feet. Because again, I think we have moved away as a society, as a world, and you can tell it. And it's been a long time drifting away. It wasn't like we woke up one day and said, nah, let the world go to pot. It's been a slow fade to that point. We need to get back to that. And we need to do that in our individual hearts, in our individual homes, in our communities, in our cities, in our states, in our countries. We need to do that. But it starts with us giving our hearts and minds to Christ, allowing him to love through us, to come through us, because nothing's going to change, A, without Jesus and the Holy Spirit, and with our willingness to drop to his feet and just lay it out there. Our pride, our talents, our skills, everything we have, we need to lay it out there and not worry about everything else. Because when we do that, we separate ourselves. We start relying on us. We start listening to other people. You're worried and upset about many things. But the few things are needed. Or indeed, only one. Martha has chosen what is better. And it will not be taken from her. Jesus says, I leave you. I leave my peace with you. I give my peace to you. I do not give it as the world does. Do not let your hearts be troubled. And do not be afraid. He said that in John 14. So though the world is losing losing its ever-loving mind, we need to be at the foot of Jesus, the foot of the cross, asking for forgiveness and asking how I can show that love and grace to the person next to me, to my neighbor, to my brother, to my sister. Because we're all in this together. Right now, no one's getting off this earth unless Christ comes back. So, do you want to be serving Christ?
or do you want to be listening to someone else? So do not be anxious about anything. But in every situation, by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, and present your request to God in his presence. Let's stop relying on ourselves, on our skills and talents, and get back to Christ and his teaching. Let's bow our heads. Dear Gracious Heavenly Father, Lord, thank you so much for your word that we can open it up and you can speak to our hearts. I know, Lord, that without a doubt, you have loved each one of us You've given your life. You've laid it down for us. I know, Lord, that you have blessed me with a calling and a guidance to do your work and your will. I just pray, Lord, that we as a family come together and sit at your feet and learn how to treat our brothers, our sisters, our mothers, our uncles, or cousins, whatever we want to call them. But help us, Lord, to have a heart for others so that we can draw them to you and not divide them from you. We love you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen.